0: You know, one of the greatest things about having a podcast is meeting other podcasters, people who do what we do here at Top Advisor Marketing, and some of them do it but more successfully, some of them do it really differently, but the super, super cool thing, what makes me really happy is is when you meet somebody, you're going to find that they also will have you on your their podcast as much as they'll be on your podcast. And uh, Tim Martin is no exception. Success is Voluntary is the name of his podcast uh, and is the name of a lot of stuff that he does. I mean, we're going to have a chance to talk to him a little bit today about who he is. And uh, something we've never really done on the podcast before, which is how to use recruiting as not only an excellent retention tool, but also a great marketing tool and a great legacy tool. So Tim, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, I'm so excited to be here.
0: Well, I'm super excited to, to learn from you. Why, why don't you give us a little bit of your history on how you became kind of the guy you are today?
1: Uh, sure. Well, I... Uh started delivering pizzas for Domino's Pizza when I was going to school. And I decided I didn't want to finish school. So I went through their management training program and ended up uh, franchising. I bought a couple stores up in Washington State. And that was awesome until it wasn't anymore. (laughs) The the IRS helped me get rid of those stores. So that was really kind of cool. But at any rate, I went in the insurance industry. A friend of mine from church was an insurance agent and out he was a manager actually and he was living on the golf course and drove lexus and i knew his wife uh, who taught my kids piano lessons i knew that wasn't where that money was coming from so i, I asked him what he did and he recruited me and the rest kind of is history ish yes. so very quickly i got promoted and started recruiting people and i've really enjoyed that i think that's one of my greatest when people ask me what I'm most proud of, it has nothing to do with a award or a trophy or anything like that. It's I can point to people that we actually changed their financial lives, that their, you know, their kids were able to go to college and they were able to go on incredible vacations and create legacy wealth. At, quite frankly, so that's who I am.
0: Well, let's let's break down that legacy wealth sort of thing and that this overall idea of how recruiting can truly help you create this legacy. Tim, why don't you define first what you mean by legacy?
1: I look at legacy as when you, it's all said and done and all the pieces go back into the box, right? That, that not only did you leave the world a better place, I mean, that's such a big, big goal. I mean, that's almost uh, too big. But that the people that you came into contact with are better off. I mean, they ha- are in a place, like I said, where they've been able to do certain things that maybe they never imagined they could do. I, I grew up in a little town of Wyoming. I didn't know we were poor because my parents were very loving and we always had food on the table and wore clothes and all that. But, you know, when I look back at it, some of the things that my dad and mom were unable to provide me. You know, I, I don't regret them and I don't <laughs> begrudge them at all, but th- there were certain opportunities I had that we just couldn't do because of money. And when I started in sales, that was my primary purpose, my, my primary goals. I never wanted to have to tell my kids no to something that they, you know, to a legitimate opportunity. And so the same thing with the people that I recruit, I want to put them in a position where they never have to say no to a legitimate opportunity. Because of money.
0: Finding the right people, Tim, as a, as an, a recovering financial services coach and consultant, that was <laughs> always one of the things, man, that was super hard for us to do. You know, it was always that they stay with me for 24 to 36 months and then they leave. Right. How much of that in your experience is the issues with the front end of the recruiting process or the development aspect of the recruiting process?
1: Boy, that is the twenty-four thousand dollar question, right? If if I had the answer to that completely, you and I want to be talking because I'd be sitting on a beach somewhere <laughs> uh, <laughs> on an island of my own right next to Tony Robbins, right? But <laughs> but I've got a couple of a couple of theories on it. The first one is. Yeah, we have to pick the right people, but we also have to understand that if they don't make it, it's not necessarily our fault. I mean, there's things we could do better, and we always feel like we could, but the industry is 11%. There's 11% to your retention for insurance advisors, financial planners, you know, 11%. And some organizations are better than others. I, I get that, but I, I think it has to be a combination of both. You know, nobody comes into an interview and tells you that they're lazy or they're not coachable and trainable, right? <laughs> they, they come in and they smell good and they talk good and, you know, they, you, they kind of can fool you until you actually have to live with them. And, but on the back end, you know, one of the things that I've been doing a lot around uh, onboarding and training is the managers, the, the people that are supposed to be showing these people the ropes have not been trained either. Right. In fact, I did a survey. I I surveyed 263 insurance managers and I asked them a series of questions, but a couple of them that just stuck out to me was that 76% of them had been in sales less than three years when they got promoted. Think about that. Not insurance or or financial services, in sales. 76% less than three years. And then 72% of them had horrible or almost non-existent sales management training. <laughs> and then the worst one, I think, is that 27% of them said that their direct manager had the skills and the desire to help them reach their goals. So think about Ouch. that. Ouch. It's, it's no wonder advisors can't make it if their trainers haven't been trained
0: you know the IBD world and the RIA world that we exist in and now we do work with a lot of insurance professionals too but most of the things that make a successful financial services professional does not make them a good manager or trainer is that is that a fair statement
1: oh absolutely okay. I, I mean can you imagine lebron has you know a record year goes off and then they say well you can't play this year you're going to have to be the coach
0: yeah. that Yeah. <laughs> makes wow. No sense. Yeah. So how, how do you. OK, so you built firms, right? I mean, so this this is this is your bailiwick. People, you know, seek you out to speak and, and, you know, to talk about this legacy through recruiting. Walk us through some of the things that you talk about, if you don't mind. Let's let's break this down even more you know, what can our listeners learn from you to help retain a higher retention level, hopefully better than 11%, but also what should they be looking for and what should they do as the people recruiting or training or hiring that will make all of this whole process more successful?
1: Yeah, I think this is going to sound counterintuitive, quite frankly, because when I start working with my coaching clients, I think they get a little frustrated at first with me and I have to tell them, trust me, uh, settle down. It's going to be okay. Let's start here. And that is, you have to have a bulletproof training program, onboarding and training program that you can put someone through that you know is transferable. Because if you don't have that, it is awful hard to look somebody in the eye and say, you should put your family's financial future in my hands. Just follow me. It's going to be okay. If you have no clue of how that's going to happen, you're going to have a problem. So, One of the things I work with my guys is creating a very structured first 10 days, then a little less structure for 30 and a little less for 90, but there's still a lot of structure. I teach my my coaching clients that you're, when your person comes to me, if I was your boss, if I was the boss's boss, right? And one of your people came to me and I said, well, what did you do today? And they told me I should say, oh, so you must be in day four, right? It needs to be literally that structured. When that happens, then we can go out and find people with a great deal of confidence. But if we don't believe that we can really help that person be successful, we'll never be able to attract that high, high caliber person right? We can attract kind of the the job seekers perhaps, but we can't attract the people we really want because we just don't have the belief system in our training.
0: How do you do that, man? I mean, uh, a lot of these people, their training was, here's a phone book, make phone calls.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that was mine. In fact, I joke about it, but it's really not that far from the truth, and that is when I first was promoted into a sales management position with a big insurance carrier. I won't name the, their name, but they have a duck. Uh, Any anyway, rate, the first <laughs> sales position I was, management position I was in, they said, uh, "Do you have a uh, passenger seat in your car?" And I said, "Yeah." And they said, "Well, congratulations, you're now a manager. Just make sure you keep doing what you're doing and take somebody with you." Well, that doesn't work real well. So there's all sorts of things you can do, but I think the biggest thing is you have to invest in yourself. And that may sound self-serving because I do coaching, but yet a coach doesn't have to be me. Certainly I'm not the right coach for everybody. I fire clients all the time. So it it doesn't necessarily need to be me, but you need somebody outside of your direct organization to work with. And then just a stupid thing is Read a book every now and then it blows my mind. How many people that are sales professionals, sales management professionals, quote unquote, that don't read blows my mind.
0: Well, you just opened a huge can of worms, brother. What, what sort of books do you recommend for your coaching clients to read, to be more successful with, with recruiting and training and retention or sales?
1: great, Great question. Again, I am much more concerned with a new sales manager about their leadership skills than their technical knowledge, right? So one of the things that I, I love doing is helping them become a better leader because if they can be a better leader, then their people will stick with them a little bit longer. John Maxwell's 21 laws, irrefutable laws of leadership is a seminal work. If you're going to management, of any kind, and you don't read that book, I'm worried about you, quite frankly, Mm -hmm. I'm just worried about you. Beyond that, there's, you know, I, the other day, one of my uh, listeners challenged me to put together a list of books that have been recommended. Every person I have on my podcast, I say, you know, what is the two or three books that have had the biggest impact on you? And I have 131 Different books that have been mentioned in 80 podcasters. So. Wow. 131 different ones. How to win friends and influence people, 17 times. <laughs> That's a great one. Okay. So here's what I've been saying on the podcast. Whenever and whenever anybody brings up that book, I'll say if you're in sales or you're in leadership and you haven't read that book, okay. I'll give you a pass for a second. But if you haven't read it a a week from now, Mm -hmm. then you should be ashamed of yourself. Sure. I really believe that. I really believe that. So, you know, I can send you over a list and you can publish it if you want. Just send a link to it or whatever. But the 131 books, uh, there's four that really make my top 10. I already talked about the 21 irrefutable laws. Getting Things Done by David Allen. Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity to bring him on late 2018. And I was, I was giddy. <laughs> <laughs> I was giddy to have him on. I I was a little starstruck. I haven't been starstruck by a guest ever, I don't think. And I've had some phenomenal guests, but because his, that book, Getting Things Done, changed my entire uh, career. I really believe that because I'm not a very organized person. And so I, I love that book. The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. I love that book. And then uh, one of the ones that my listener, one of my listeners mentioned, and I went back and reread it because I never really looked at it from a leadership or standpoint was it was by that great philosopher, American philosopher, Steve Martin. It's Born Standing Up. It's kind of his biography, but there's a lot of leadership lessons in there. So Hmm. uh, I thought that was an interesting, interesting book for somebody to mention I love it. I love it. I'm rereading it right now.
0: I love book suggestions. I love you know we we will uh, publish that list and we'll also those books that you just recommended. We'll make sure that those links are in the show notes for people to purchase those too. Outside of books, are there any? Are there any TED talks? Are there any? Articles, podcasts, anything else that you would have a prospective leader watch, listen or whatever to make it so that they might grasp this difference? Because this is a big difference in their life, right? They're not just hammering the phones and meeting with clients. Now they have to totally switch gears and start working with their peers. What What are some of the other ways that you help people?
1: That's a great question challenge I have with answering that, and I'll just be honest with you, Matt, is that everybody's at a different point, right? So one of the things, I, I don't have a, a pat answer for that. I don't have, uh, and I think that's one of the things that makes my coaching a little unique. I've talked to a lot of people that have had coaches in this field, and I had a coach at one point, obviously, in this field. I, I have a coach now, but a little bit different. We're covering some different things. But It tends to be a one-size-fits-all. I had just picked up a coaching client because their coach wanted them to do a vision board. And this is a high-level person. They don't need to do a vision board. They did a vision board when they first got into sales. It's nothing wrong with doing vision boards. I I actually have one that I continue to update. It's more along the list, uh, along the lines of a list, really more than a vision board. But the point is, is that everybody's at a different place. Now there's, like I said, there's a ton of different resources out there. A lot of podcasts, obviously. I love going to seminars, webinars, uh, be at Outbound coming up here. With Jed Blount and uh, Anthony Areno. If you're not listening to those guys' podcasts and you're in sales, again, I'm really worried about you. Just phenomenal, phenomenal stuff that they put out. And uh, also former member or guests on the Successes Voluntary podcast, by the way, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing the resources that are out there. And in fact, when I have you on my podcast, I'm going to ask you some questions about, about that exact fact that there's so many resources. How do you stand out? But mm-hmm. that's a, that's for a different day. <laughs> well,
0: I'm looking forward to you asking me some questions cuz Tim, you know, I'm on the this side of the mic just like you are, dude. It's weird being interviewed a little bit because you and I are so much used or more used to uh to to being the interviewer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, let's let's uh let's switch gears to kind of wrap up today's podcast. And if you are going to take this legacy through recruiting and try to use it or or explain to our audience how they can use this as a marketing tool, as a way to separate themselves from the advisor down the street, what would be the best way in your experience?
1: As a marketing tool, I think growth creates excitement. It absolutely creates excitement. And from a, it sounds a little mercenary, obviously, but we that new recruit, that new advisor that comes on board, they have connections you don't have. And it, it, they can build your practice and not, like I said, in a mercenary way. We're not, there's life insurance companies out there. I won't name names, but that that is their whole growth strategy is let's hire somebody. We'll get to their friends and family. And if they make it fantastic, if they don't, well, at least we have all their friends and family now as clients. That's not what I'm suggesting at all. I am suggesting that your firm, your your practice is better with more advisors. You can put these new clients on a list if they'll let you. You're going to be out in the business community a lot representing your brand, if you will. I just think that nothing bad happens if you pick the right advisor to join your team. Beyond that, you and I were talking before you hit record, is that a lot of advisors don't really have a succession plan. They find out their kids don't want to go into the business And now maybe they're going to sell it down the road or something. They really don't have anybody that they've brought up, they've trained, that they know that their clients are going to be treated consistent with the way that they were prior to to retiring. right? And so I I just think that it's really short-sighted. And we see that in the insurance industry quite a bit. People will build up this big book of business and then sell it. And then kind of regret selling it because the new guy, new gal isn't treating their clients the way they're used to being treated.
0: How long in your experience does it take for you to groom that person to to do what you really want them to do, Tim, to to treat your clients as you would treat their clients?
1: I think that answer. Again, I, I sound like a politician. It depends. You're being cagey, man. I'm gonna, I'm
0: gonna push back on this because you. I mean, I mean, how about, how about just a range? Is, is there a range that you have found is more successful than others?
1: Well, first of all, I think you need to have very specific 90-day check-ins for that first two years. Great. You have to know exactly where they're at. You can't, even though they're trained, quote unquote, they understand the product, they understand your marketing system, they understand all their different choices. Are they actually moving forward and and are they treating people like you just said? Are they treating people the right way? Are they doing these things? Where are they on their growth chart? Are they hitting their metrics uh, that they need to be hitting? And so you need to be able to... (laughs) This is something that I struggle with. I am not great at confrontation. I've gotten a lot better at it, but I remember the very first time that I was struggling and my manager came to me and said, so is this really what you want to do? And I said, oh yeah. He goes, well, you kind of suck at it. (laughs) Are you sure you want to do it? And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. So absolutely. I think that you you need to have those check-ins To answer your question, if they're not getting it after six months, a year, then those conversations get even more pointed. But I found that within 18 months to two years, an advisor, an insurance agent can really be hitting their stride. The trick is making sure they make it to those two years, Sure, keeping them engaged. That's awesome.
0: I love growth creates excitement. You know, That's something that uh, I think the uh, advisors and insurance agents don't talk about enough. People want you to be successful. The more successful you are as a business person, they're going to also kind of equate that as successful in your professional life, whether it comes to product knowledge, when it comes to financial planning, when it comes to investment management, when it talks about whatever. So uh, that was a really, really powerful statement. and, And I hope everybody thinks about that a little bit more. Even if you uh, don't want to grow a huge firm, you are only one person, a lot of you, a lot of people listen to this, this podcast or single shop, single advisor shops. And, you know, he or she doesn't really look at anything outside of their own little world. And Tim, I love the fact that you're challenging our listeners to look at things a little differently because if you're truly going to be a top advisor, you have to step out of your comfort zone or create opportunities for other people who do what you don't do. You said something that I is very near and dear to my heart, which is not being very organized. So one of my old uh, mentors said, Matt, you can either try to be pretty good at stuff that you're not very interested in, or you can become great at what you love. And mm-hmm. I don't want to be organized. It drives my wife crazy. You should see my garage. <laughs> I know where everything is, but nobody else does, right? So what do I do? Do I spend a whole bunch of time and become organized and do something that I don't like to do and I'm not good at, or do I delegate that to somebody else? And a lot of advisors need to do that too from a recruiting standpoint of making sure they have that number two, right? That number two person in their office who is basically like a mini version of them.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And when it gets really fun, when it gets really exciting is when they start coming to you, because for so long you're helping them, you're trying to help them get to their goals, right? They've given their stated income goals they've given their life goals if if you're if you're a smart manager, you learn all those things so you can help them get to their goals and that's a big part of it. but when they start coming to you and saying, what are your goals? how can I help you get to those goals boy that that is a wonderful place to be and when that happens, it's just I just start floating on cloud nine if you will because yeah. I, I know they've got it. They, they finally have gotten it. They understand that we're here to serve people and and just beyond our clients, we have an opportunity to serve each other in our own agency. And I just think that it's really exciting.
0: We say here at Top Advisor Marketing, a rising tide lifts all boats. And so if if all of our team... You know, is looking at the business like we as the owners are looking at the business, then really everybody wins. And it's the same thing with your business. So closing thoughts. Tim, tell us a little bit about, you know, your energy is fantastic. You've got a great attitude. You know, if somebody wants to hire you as a coach or if somebody wants to hire you to come in to speak, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? And do you have anything that's going on here in 2019 that uh, that you want to inform our audience about?
1: Well, sure. First of all, I'll tell you where to get a hold of me. I answer all my own emails, 100%. Sometimes that's a lot, but it's Tim at successesvoluntary.com. You can find me, of course, find the website at successesvoluntary.com. And I am on LinkedIn, of course, as well. I'm not a huge social media guy. I I dabble at it probably uh, to my detriment, but a couple of things I have going on. This past year, I've been doing a lot of seminars on this topic, recruiting, leaving a legacy through recruiting. Depending upon the organization, I'll typically come in and do a half-day seminar, and then we follow it up with six weeks of homework where we check in on a Zoom meeting. And because I found that behavioral change doesn't happen in a seminar, it happens through applied application of what we just learned. So anybody's interested in, in bringing me and to talk to their team about that or actually just hiring me to coach that. We don't have to do the half day seminar, but we can get real specific with a plan to help you build your agency. The second thing I'm working on and, and I'm really, really excited about it and we'll launch it. I have a November 1st goal on this is I have a book coming out called Voluntary Leadership. And it's really about the fact that when we're leading people in our in our industry, we oftentimes don't have a big stick. Even if they're truly employees, they're on a W-2 and they're our employees. To get their discretionary effort, we can't lead them with a stick. And carrots are ineffective for very long that people stretch to it for a period, you know, for a short period of time. But overall, we have to learn how to lead volunteers. And so... I have a subscription website. It is closed right now. Your listeners cannot get into it until uh, Halloweenish, I think is when we're going to reopen it, but Okay. it's called voluntaryleader.com. And the subtitle of that is learning to lead volunteers. And so again, I think that applies whether they're 1099 or W2. So the companion book that is going with that is, is voluntary leadership. So keep an eye out for that. And if, you want to join my website, join the podcast. When you're on the website, you can fill out a form and, and you'll get noticed when that book comes out.
0: Fantastic. Well, Tim, thank you very, very much for talking to us about something we have not had on the show yet. And, and you know, thank you for just being a, a super fun guest, man.
1: Well, I really enjoyed it. I Like you said, I'm so used to asking all the questions that it, it's fun to be on the other side of the mic.
0: Awesome. Well, with that, uh, if you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. Every time we come out with a new podcast, it'll we'll show up directly on your listening device. And if you know anybody who really could use this information, it's super easy. All you have to do is click that share button and you can s- send this to your friends and family or any of your professional acquaintances. So for everybody at discusses Voluntary and Timothy Martin, this is Matt Hallern, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the contact us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life
1: through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.